Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heartland Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and today we're going to enjoy a wonderful conversation with one of our new guest speakers. So I hope you're excited and we're ready to dive in. If you have any questions or want to know more about the guest speaker, definitely go to the description box so you can get to know who they are and check out all of what they have to offer. So definitely stay tuned and we'll get started right after this message. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, I'm here with Odile Rimert. I'm so excited to have her here. She's a mindset coach and really focuses a lot on just how we have this negative childhood memories and how we can overcome that and shift our lives in new ways. So welcome, Odile. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I'm thrilled to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Yes, me too. I love these topics. I love seeing ways we can shift our minds and not letting the past hold us back. So I am thrilled to hear more about what you're going to share with us today. Great. Yeah. So could you just share a little bit about yourself and just kind of how you got to where you are today? Yes, of course. Uh, So toward the end of 2015, Mm -hmm. I, I was 51 years old. I was divorced Um, depressed, renting a room in a shared house in England, cleaning other people's houses and still unable to pay my bills. Mm. And I had had fibromyalgia and IBS um, in addition to the financial issues. And a few months later, so during 2016, I not only was I healthier and happier and able to pay my bills, but I was also traveling internationally. Uh, 2017, I met and married the love of my life, Steve Remett, who co-authored the book with me. And I now live in America, which I love. I'm a new American citizen. I'm very happy. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I've always loved uh, America. And and in 2019, I ended up owning three of the rental properties I used to clean back in 2015. And so I am now on a mission to share the information uh, based on neuroscience that helped me to transform my life that way. And I'm very excited to share some of that with you today. Oh, that's awesome. And I think that's so empowering because that was not too long ago. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we'll hear from so many speakers that's like, well, 30 years ago, I changed my life. It's like, oh, okay. So I think that's very empowering because I think people can resonate with that. Like, okay, if she can make this huge shift, you know, within such a short amount of time, clearly there's something there that's helpful. So that's awesome. So so how did you really kind of like, what was the first step in learning all of what you learned to start shifting things? Yes. Well, this, it, it kind of all boils down to three main things that I've, that I've found. And I like to use the analogy of, um, of driving somewhere. So if you mm-hmm. think of the end results you want to achieve, whatever those are, 
changes in yourself or in your life as Mm -hmm. a destination. And you're going to drive from wherever you are now to that destination. And if you were to drive from the city to the beach and you didn't know how to drive a vehicle, of course, you wouldn't get very far. So the first part of this is learning to drive, which means developing the skill of controlling your brain and body chemistry. So that's the first piece I learned. The second piece is if you were to drive from the uh, from the city to the beach and you knew how to drive, but your GPS was still set for the city, then, of course, every time you start heading towards the beach, your GPS would turn you around and head you back to the city again. And so you have to change the GPS to match your end destination, and then you go there automatically. Mm. And that was really the, the big piece here. So the brain's GPS are uh, the the coordinates in the GPS are uh, our implicit childhood memories. Mm-hmm. So from birth, we learn our self image and worldview by through experience, mm-hmm. and so every every moment we're experiencing life and the world, the brain is registering information interpreting it to mean something and then storing that information in implicit memories that forms that form the structure of who we are and how the world works mm-hmm. and then in every moment moving forward the brain is uh, you know registering data and then looking back referring to what have we got back here that's like this <laughs> you know mm-hmm. referring to that evidence that proves who we are and how the world works in childhood and then triggering triggering a chemical reaction that makes us react consciously. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the biggest piece was changing those uh, GPS coordinates to match the final destination, which means changing those negative implicit childhood memories. Um, so you, you change the implicit child or unconscious childhood memories while you can still consciously remember what originally happened. And it's all based in neuroscience. And then the third piece was staying on the road. <laughs> and that um, we use a thing I call zero tolerance, which is catching negative thoughts or feelings early enough to be able to change them. Because stress chemicals that cause uh, negative emotions are stronger than the feel good chemicals that cause uh, good feeling emotions, because mm-hmm. stress chemicals are for survival. So they're they're designed to get our attention and keep our attention on the danger. And that's why it's easier to feel bad than to feel good. So Mm -hmm. use a a zero tolerance technique so that we catch it early before we get overwhelmed by those stress chemicals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I love that. And I think that it's it's kind of challenging because we don't remember a lot of our childhood, even though we're, it's all recorded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and it's because it's, it's not recorded as a camera records. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's recorded, it's taken in, interpreted, updated. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot there, but also the conscious mind is only able to process a very tiny amount of of data at a time whereas of course the unconscious part of the brain is is, has a lot um has a lot more storage and ram (laughs) so uh, and that's how you know our survival the unconscious part of the brain is keeping us alive Mm. wow that that's pretty powerful i never knew that 
Uh huh. So everything that we uh, experience is first uh, filtered through the back part of the brain, where which is unconscious. We we don't even become aware of it um, mm-hmm. until it's been it, until it's coming through that part of the brain, and that part of the brain determines is this dangerous or not. Is this Mm -hmm. life-threatening or not? Mm -hmm. And because the unconscious part of the brain can't tell the difference between reality and imagination, can't judge something as unrealistic, and can't use logic or reason, Mm -hmm. it triggers the fight-freeze-flight response um, even when we're not in physical danger. And, you know, you may have found when you're watching a, a scary movie your brain and body goes into the same state as if the threat is real. Mm-hmm. And it's only your conscious mind that knows it's not real, but your brain and body are behaving as if you're in danger. And that is happening when, when we're, you know, triggered by what someone said, when we feel betrayed, when we're worried about something, when we feel anxious, when we're doubting ourselves, all negative emotions are a level of that fight, freeze, flight state. And they involve, stress chemicals like adrenaline cortisol oh yeah yeah definitely and so many of us get trapped in that mode of it like constantly being released that that cortisol that's right mm. and the problem is so one of the biggest pieces of information if 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 i get no other information out this is so so important and so empowering mm-hmm. is that one of the one of the effects of stress chemicals like adrenaline cortisol on the body and the brain is that blood drains from the prefrontal cortex of the brain where we do our cognitive thinking to the back of the brain for survival because when you're faced with a bear there's no time to negotiate or strategize or problem solve you have to act instinctively and immediately and that's what the back of the brain is for so it means that whenever we're feeling a negative emotion we literally can't think straight because there's no blood in that part of the brain mm. so you may have found uh when you've been triggered with triggered uh in a situation with someone and then later you think of all the things you could have said or should have said and that's because later as those stress chemicals lowered blood returned to your prefrontal cortex and then you were able to use your cognitive thinking again So that's how we get trapped in those negative emotions and we feel like we can't get out of it or there's no hope or there's no way out and so on. Mm. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So where do we start? How do we even begin to recognize the things that are kind of creating those threats and how we can get the mind to understand or, or work better in our favor? Yes. So uh, first of all, I I can take you through the little brain chemistry exercise and uh, I'll take you through that and then I'll talk you through how to find and change negative childhood memories. Does that sound good? Yes. Very good. All right. So for this exercise, you'll need uh, a subject, what we call a subject. So it can be a person or an animal. And it needs to be someone or something you love, but with no negative connotation. So no missing or longing or guilt or regret or anything like that. Just love. So it could be a pet or an animal that's not your pet, but you think they're cute, like elephants or uh, a baby. If you can't think of a person or animal, you can use a place like the beach, Hawaii, a forest, 
uh, or you can use an activity you love like surfing or gardening. So once you've got something, have you got something, Lindsay? Yes, I'm getting there. Uh huh. Let me know if you need help finding something. Okay. Okay. Yes, I think I have something. Okay. Very good. And so everyone take a deep breath, close your eyes. And I want you to start by thinking of your favorite color. And if you don't have a favorite, just pick one you like. Okay. And imagine being surrounded by that beautiful color. And focus on the feeling of that color, how lovely that feels. Mm-hmm. It's the most gorgeous shade of that color you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And now imagine, think of that person, animal, place, or activity, and imagine holding them in your arms in a hug. Mm-hmm. And notice that feeling, the physical feeling in your chest or solar plexus as you imagine hugging that person, animal, place, or activity. Mm-hmm. And now imagine that feeling as a ball of light or energy. And imagine it spreading down to your toes, up to the top of your head, and out to your fingertips. So you're now full of that light that energy, that love. Mm -hmm. And now imagine that light or energy radiating out from you and filling the whole room you're in. And you can open your eyes. So what's happening there is, so don't worry if you if you didn't feel anything or it wasn't very strong. This is a, um, it's like getting physically fit. So you, you practice it and you develop the skill and your brain and body become conditioned to producing lower levels of stress chemicals and higher levels of feel-good chemicals. And what you are physiologically doing there, so thoughts are connections between neurons in the neocortex of the brain. And those connections trigger matching chemicals. So to put it very simply, uh, negative thoughts trigger stress chemicals and positive thoughts trigger feel-good chemicals. So Mm -hmm. as you think about your color, and as you think about being surrounded by that color, your brain starts, those connections between neurons, as you're focusing on that, your brain starts to produce feel-good chemicals like endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin. And as you think of hugging your subject, those those connections between neurons trigger more of those feel-good chemicals. And then the same continuing when you think of the light filling your body, all of those connections between neurons trigger more and more of those feel-good chemicals. Mm. Now, if you are already triggered or you're not used to the feel-good chemicals, it may take you a while before you can actually feel the effects because stress chemicals are stronger. Mm -hmm. So that's why it can take a little time. So it's the same as, um, you know, if you've never run before, and then you get off the couch and you start running. You usually can't run very far. You have to run a little bit each day to build up that stamina, build up those muscles. And this is the same. So the more you do this, it's a progressive thing. The, mm-hmm. the easier it gets and the stronger the effects become. Mm-hmm. So how did you feel with that exercise, Lindsay? 
Uh, I definitely felt at peace and just like instant calmness. Oh, very good. Yeah. Good job. Uh-huh. All right. So that's basically the driving lesson. <laughs> so that is learning to control your own brain and body chemistry. And you can use that little exercise. You can see it doesn't take long. You can use it as much as you like. Use it first thing in the morning, last thing at night, and all the way through the day as much as you can. The more you use it, the stronger you'll become. And According to neuroscience, it takes only 60 to 90 seconds to change your brain and body chemistry, as long as you're keeping your focus off the negative and on the positive for that 60 to 90 seconds. The problem is, of course, what happens naturally is we, we feel a negative emotion, then we think about that negative emotion and all the reasons for it. And every connection between neurons while we're thinking of the negative is pumping more and more stress chemicals into our system, restarting that 90 second clock. So that's Mm. why this exercise can be so useful. Yes, absolutely. So now that we've, now that we've learned to drive or we we know how to learn how to drive and we're going to practice it, uh, moving on to the GPS. So the, um, the, the, we have three detective questions to ask yourself to find the negative childhood memories that are supporting current issues or challenges. So the first question is, how do I know? How do I know this is a problem or what's the worst thing about it? So, for example, if it's about confidence, how do I know I don't have confidence? The second question is, how does that feel? And so it may feel, uh, it feels uh, frustrating or it feels scary. And then the third part, third question is, where in my childhood did I feel that feeling? It mm-hmm. may be a different topic but it'll be the same feeling. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example from my own. The first thing I addressed was my finances. Uh, so m- my answer to the question, how do I know? How do I know it's a problem? Was I don't have enough money to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, the second question, how does that feel? And for me, it felt like they want something of me and I don't have it to give them. Mm-hmm. So it was a very strong emotion of, I want to give it, but I don't have it. And then where in my childhood did I feel that same feeling, maybe a different topic, but not, but will be the same feeling. It was my whole childhood (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it was um, expectations. So Mm -hmm. it was nothing to do with money. It was, they expect, they wanted me to be something that I couldn't be. Mm. And so now as an adult, my brain was recreating that same experience but just using money instead of expectations. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So that's how to find the negative memories. And then to change them, we use that little brain chemistry exercise that I took you through earlier. Mm-hmm. And so you would, um, if you've got an, and, and we advise not addressing trauma on your own, um, you know, rather reach out for help with that uh, from mm. the practitioner. Um, but if you want to address another memory, I can take you through right now and we can do it no content if you like. Okay, sure. Okay, fantastic. So if you if you pick a memory and it, um, you know, it doesn't have to be childhood just for this demonstration, it could be any memory of something that you wish had happened differently. Mm-hmm. You got something? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And can you give me a name for that memory? Uh, wait, no, this... Okay, yeah, I'm assuming this is a negative memory if I want to change it. (laughs) 
That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to change a positive memory. <laughs> no, we'll keep those as many as we can get. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, okay, a name for this memory. Um, and it could just be where, you know, the place or an object that was in it or something like that. I'll, I'll just say home. Home. Okay, yeah. very good. And so as you think of that memory, home, and everyone who's listening, you can follow along addressing a negative memory of your own. Mm-hmm. Of course, don't do trauma. So with um, trauma is different for different people. So if when you think of the negative memory, the negative feelings are an eight or more on a scale of zero to 10, um, then rather get help with that one and rather do something that's not as strong. All right. So, um, so Lindsay... Uh, you, when you think of this memory home, how strong are the negative emotions? So zero, I can't feel anything. Ten, it's very strong. Hmm, I'm going to put it at about a, well, it's getting better day by day. So, I mean, it's very fresh. So mm-hmm. I would I would put it at about an eight. Oh. Okay. I still do this? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Because I'm working with you, so it's okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay I'll, I'll make sure that you don't get uh, too uh, too high. All right, okay. so so it's about an eight. So I want you to now press pause on that, and okay. let's go to your favorite color. What's your favorite color? Um, pink. Pink. Very nice. Okay, so I want you to take a deep breath, close your eyes, and I want you to think of the most beautiful shade of pink you can possibly imagine. You got that? Yes. Very good. And imagine being surrounded by that beautiful pink Mm -hmm. and feel the feeling of the pink. You got that? Mm Mm-hmm. Very good. Now I want you to imagine hugging your subject. And if you if you don't have a subject that you can feel strong strongly about, you can also try hugging yourself as a child. Whatever okay. will get that really good feeling. Okay. Okay, good. So imagine hugging that. I'm going to still say, call it a subject. And feel that connection between you. You got that? Mm-hmm. Good job. Now press pause on that. And let's go back to that negative memory of home. And I want you to notice just very briefly, like dipping your toe in a hot bath, how strong the negative emotions are now. It wasn't eight. Where is it now? Is it more? Is it less? Is it the same? Mm. Well, uh, let's see. I want to say it's it's a little tiny bit less, but about around the same range still. Oh. Yeah. All right, so we'll call it the same. So press pause on that, and let's mm-hmm. go back to your color. So surrounded by that pink mm-hmm. and your subject. So you and your subject both surrounded by the pink. And mm-hmm. if your subject is a personal animal, have they ever done anything funny? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself what you love about this subject, all the reasons you love them. Mm-hmm. You got that? Mm-hmm. Very good. Good job. And imagine that feeling as a ball of light or energy and fill your whole body with that light, that energy, that love. You got that? Mm-hmm. Very good. Now press pause on that. And let's go back to that memory called home. And just notice very briefly, it was an eight. Where are the negative emotions now? 
Mm. Um, definitely a lot lower. I would say it's probably around a six, just because I still feel mm. more positive. Mm-hmm. Good job. So, so press pause on that, and let's go back to the pink and hugging your subject. And so, what we're doing here is we are when you think of a negative memory those connections between neurons start to produce stress chemicals. That's why we mm-hmm. don't want to stay in it too long. I then when you go to the, the, the color and hugging your subject, mm-hmm. you switch off the stress chemical tap and you switch on the feel-good te- chemicals tap. So those connections between neurons start producing endorphin, serotonin, oxytocin. Mm-hmm. And that's why we want to spend longer there. And then you go back to the negative memory. It starts. So what we're doing is switching back and forth, bringing down the the attachment of negative emotions with that memory. Mm. And once you don't feel any negative emotions, then we can change the memory. So it's it's the negative emotions that keep us from being able to change these memories. I gotcha. Okay. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're surrounded by the pink. Is it a light pink or a bright pink or a dark pink? What, what shade of pink is it? Uh, I would say it's, it's kind of like a, a bright pink. Yeah. Lovely. Very mm-hmm. nice. And just you and your subject and you're hugging your subject. And if you have, if there's any music or a song that you love, imagine that playing in the background as well. Mm-hmm. You got that? Mm -hmm. Very good. All right, let's press pause on that. Let's go back to the memory home. And the negative emotions were a six. Where are they now? Mm, I would say about about a five to four. Very good. Press pause on that. Let's go back to the pink and your subject. And hugging your subject and all the things you love about them. And that song playing in the background that you love. Feeling the connection between you and the song and your subject and Mm -hmm. the pink. Mm -hmm. You got that? Mm -hmm. Good job, Lindsay. Now press pause on that and let's go back to that memory. It was a four or five. Where is it now? Um... Really, it's kind of hard to like go back to the negative. Good, yeah, the Mm -hmm. idea. (laughs) Very good. Uh We're amping up the feel good chemicals so that when you go back, you can't feel the stress chemicals as much. Mm -hmm. Very good, good job. And so now we can change that memory. And changing a memory is as simple as imagining it differently. Mm -hmm. And if you think about when you change your phone number, when you get a new phone number. Mm-hmm. You just repeat the new phone number to replace the old phone number until it becomes automatic. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do with these memories. Now, you'll always remember that you had the other phone number. Mm-hmm. But when you think of your phone number, it's the new one that comes to mind first. And that's what we're doing with these memories. So we want to replace the negative memories with empowering memories mm-hmm. um, in the unconscious so the unconscious part of your brain is referring to the proof of what you want in your life now while you will still consciously be able to remember what originally happened does that make mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. yeah there. so it's kind of removing the intensity of that emotion right and then changing the data mm-hmm. so whatever it was that happened ask yourself what you would have liked to have happened in happen instead mm-hmm. so um 
I'm going to get like an example. Oh, here's, I'll give you an example of my own as well. When I was about 11 years old, um, I had this memory of, of about 11 years old standing in the doorway to my grandparents' bedroom. And my grandfather was sitting on the bed and next to him on the bed was a brown leather belt. And I was frozen in fear. Mm-hmm. I changed that memory to where my grandfather's sitting on the bed and next to him, instead of a brown leather belt, is a pink feather boa. <laughs> and he's picking up the bow and he's playing with the face, wearing it, he's playing it. And, he's playing it all. <laughs> and so that memory now is funny rather than frightening. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, of course, still remember consciously what happened because I've just been able to tell you. But as I think of that memory, it's the pink feather bow that comes to mind first. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of thing we're looking for. So changing it to something funny, fun, or empowering something like that mm-hmm. can you think of something and you don't have to share the details just let me know if you've got an idea let me see hold on and so with can, this one, oh sorry go ahead uh, i was just going to say you can use anything because the unconscious part of your mind uh, part of your brain can't judge something as unrealistic so you can use magic so you can give yourself a magic wand, you can use um, celebrities, you can put anything you like in there, make it, you can make it amazing. There's no limit to the budget or the special effects. And there well, are no memory police. <laughs> okay, so it's not necessarily removing or erasing the memory, but altering it. That's right. Okay, exactly. I think that's kind of where the magic is possibly. Okay, that's got right. it. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. So another example um, to give some ideas is um, if if you were bullied at school, for example, mm-hmm. you want to change it to where the the people bullying you are actually um, admiring you. So you're the most popular kid in school instead. So that's the end result you're aiming for. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I got one. You got mm-hmm. something fantastic. Yeah. So now I want you to play that new scene through and let me know when you're done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Play it through again. Let me know when you're done. Mm-hmm. And one more time. Let me know when you're done. Mm-hmm. Very good. And so now that becomes your new memory. Now, just like you would repeat a new phone number or the times table, you repeat the new memory and you can see it doesn't take long until it's established, until it feels like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I, I that's established in my brain now. And the more good feelings you can add to it, the stronger, the more your brain will prioritize that memory for long-term memory, mm-hmm. so, um, for, for processing it for long-term memory. So um, the as we have a thought, it's connections between neurons, when we have the same thought over and over again, those connections become eventually become what they call wired. So there's a, um, a phrase, cells that wire, fire together, wire together. So those, mm. those connections become established. And as you add um, amped up feelings to it, those feelings, which are chemicals, make that memory more uh, secure, more established. So that's why we want to make the the good memories exciting, fun, very uh, you know uh, strong, good feelings. Mm-hmm. That makes yes. sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. And so the idea is to end up with a whole new childhood that proves the results you want to experience in your life now. Mm-hmm. 
so that your brain is then, you know, because we use affirmation. I used affirmations in the past. I used a lot of stuff in the past that didn't work for me. Um, but as we're using affirmations, it depends on what childhood memories we have as to whether those affirmations will actually be effective or not. Because, um, you know, so I would go, I am worthy. I am worthy. I am loved. But as I was doing that with my conscious mind, the unconscious part of my brain was referring to my childhood to the fact that I was not worthy. I was not loved. I was not safe. Mm-hmm. And so the no matter how how much I may do those, those affirmations, the stress chemicals were still there and my brain was still um, referring to those facts until I changed them. Mm-hmm. And... Because I, I know I've I've talked to so many different people and it always has good feedback, some negative feedback, and some people are like, no, this is what happened, you know, don't mm-hmm. lie to yourself. And so, right. but, but I kind of wonder, are there any benefits to having some negative memory, possibly to like teach us to be more cautious about something or That's is there any benefit point. to that? Mm -hmm. Excellent question, Lindsay. And the truth is that, so the thing to bear in mind is the separation of the conscious and the unconscious. So when we change things in our conscious, in the unconscious part of the brain, the, the unconscious part of the brain can't use logical reason. So if we've got anything negative there, it's going to just prove negative. The the, the unconscious part of the brain can't go, oh, this is so that I'm, uh, you know, I'm, careful or cautious or anything it's the conscious mind that can use logic and reason so there isn't any reason to have negative memories in your in the in your childhood mm-hmm. and here's the thing we're not lying to ourselves lying to ourselves would be um you know consciously believing the new memories mm-hmm. so in mm-hmm. other words forgetting what really happened mm-hmm. um, but like when we go to see a movie we can watch a movie and allow the brain and body to believe what's happening on the screen while we consciously still know what, you know, it's just a movie. So we're not lying to ourselves when we watch a movie. Um, Another analogy, when we change the GPS to match the new destination, even Mm -hmm. though we're not at that destination yet, we're not lying to ourselves. That's just the GPS will believe those new or will accept those new coordinates while mm-hmm. we as the driver still know where we were before. Mm-hmm. And so this is the same. You know, you, we, we're literally changing the references that prove our self-image and worldview. Mm-hmm. And so if, you, you know, if there's anything in your life or yourself that you wish was different, changing the pro- the evidence in your childhood that's proving it will result mm-hmm. in in a change in that and then you consciously still know what originally happened mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. does that kind of answer that yes absolutely and i and i've always kind of been on the side where it's like you know if it's a memory that's really painful it's going to limit you um in your life and and it dictates your actions and so it's kind of like a way of taking your power back and regaining yeah. control of your life Absolutely, because the the thing is that that unconscious part of the brain, uh, in addition to everything else, can't it does it doesn't have a sense of time. So mm-hmm. whatever happened before, in your for example, in your childhood, to the unconscious part of your brain, it's still happening now, 
And mm-hmm. that's why we still have those emotions connected with it. So um, it, the conscious mind knows, oh yeah, that was just in my childhood, but the unconscious part of the brain doesn't know that. So that's why it's so important to change them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that gives you the power. So the fact that, so there's no, there are no people in your, in your brain. <laughs> there are no, there's not even any pictures or sounds mm-hmm. in the brain. It's literally Hmm. just nerve cells connecting and chemicals. That's Hmm. all that's there. And so now we, each of us can take that, you know, can be empowered when now I choose what connections are being made in my brain rather Hmm. than being at the mercy of the default setting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. And I think that that, I love that, you know, our brain is kind of like, could be a blessing and a curse, (laughs) but I love that we have the capability to do that. Right. And the other way to think of it is like the unconscious part of the brain is like an untrained dog. Well, it's not like an untrained dog. It's like a dog that has been trained through experience and conditioned, you know, automatically. And so now we are able to take, uh, to learn to um, work with that dog rather than struggling against it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And um, I think once I learned that, it just opened so many doors and it's so liberating to know you don't have to stay where you've been. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. We have a lot more power than we than we realize. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, it's this more helpful for people who have um, like they're older now and they've kind of gone through their childhood or can children still utilize that technique? Children uh, can utilize it. And and it, you know, often it's easier for children because they have less, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, less time has passed um, Mm -hmm. and their imaginations are often a lot more powerful. Um, So absolutely the, biggest part though that is useful for children is that little brain chemistry exercise mm-hmm. uh, that you know when we work with uh with children um we use their imagination use whatever so if you've got children that you're wanting to help with this using things that they already um are into so harry potter so using the magic one thing harry potter um using uh, you know like spongebob bringing in um characters and and things that they love as part of their those new memories to empower mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely um and i presume this is I mean, I know it's applicable to any mind, but um, as well as teenagers also. Absolutely. And another Mm -hmm. thing, uh, again, with teenagers and um, and young adults with studying, you know, learning that brain chemistry technique to keep the prefrontal cortex online and get into that feel good state to have their prefrontal cortex online so they've got access to their cognitive thinking before they start before they sit down to study or do an exam or anything else where they need that cognitive thinking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes absolutely wow i really enjoy this so how long did it 
take for you to really start transitioning and breaking free? Were, were there just instant results? Did it take some time until you could really, I mean, obviously it sounds like it was like two years of, you know, um, where a lot of things had manifested into just being in the new space within two years. Right. And so the, I noticed the first change, so, you know, it happens in stages and the first big mm-hmm. change I noticed was, um, I think it was a, a day or two after I did the very first changing of the memories. And that was to do with the, with the money, the expectations thing that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And the result I noticed was I woke up thinking differently one morning. So I, I had wanted to do something and I didn't have the money and, you know, couldn't pay my bills and all of that. Mm-hmm. And one morning I woke up and I thought, hold on a minute, why don't I do this? Why don't I work out exactly how much I need and divide it by, you know, whatever it was. And I had never thought that way before. And it was mm-hmm. a, this sort of thinking that comes naturally and automatically to a lot of people Mm. but my brain just didn't work that way Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the very beginning and from there I took action and then came up with ideas that I hadn't come up with before and that led to an increase in my income and you know along the way I still had some fear you know it's a it's a process so Mm -hmm. things improved and then I get frightened and think what if what if this doesn't work or what if it all goes wrong or, you know, that kind of thing. But I continued to use the techniques. And so it was like leveling up all the way. And then you hit a turning point where you've changed most things. And that probably happened within a few months. Mm -hmm. And then it was kind of, you know, continuing, but I was, I felt like, okay, yeah, it's, it's easier and easier now. Hmm. Yes, yes. I do know what you're talking about with like kind of turning the ship a little bit where it's like first it seems kind of hard, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like not like fighting with yourself, kind of going back and forth. And then eventually just you kind of forget the space you were in at that one point. You're like, oh, yeah, I guess I used to think like that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Awesome. So what advice would you give someone that's just kind of starting to stumble upon a new way of thinking? What What would be your first words of advice to get started? Well, uh, so we, our book gives everything you need. It gives all the background plus the science for those who want it and the step-by-step exactly how to do, you know, how to achieve this. And um, I'd love to offer your listens, listeners a free copy of our of the ebook version of our book. Oh, awesome! So, um, literally, you've got everything you need in there to do it yourself, and um, you can get that by going to our website, theremitmethod.com mm-hmm. forward slash podcast gift or podcast gift if you're American. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's T H E the, and then remit is spelled R E M M E R T then method.com forward slash podcast gift. Got it. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, It's my passion and my mission to get the word out, you know, so that people have then have the choice. If they know about it, at least they have the option to use it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We need as much of that as possible. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Oh, Odile, I really did enjoy this conversation. Did you have anything else you wanted to share or words of wisdom? 
Uh, thank you, Lindsay. I have really enjoyed uh, having the conversation with you as well. It's been such a pleasure. And I think the main thing is to encourage anyone out there that reach out for help. So even if you think, you know, if it, we can't see around corners. Mm. So when you think that something's not possible or there's no hope, it doesn't mean that that's true. It just means you can't see it from where you are right now. Mm-hmm. So reach out for help. And, uh, you know, we're on social media. We love answering questions. And of course, I know that you, uh, Lindsay, are doing so much, so many wonderful things with your podcast and giving them, giving so many resources. So there's always someone out there who can help. So don't give up. Absolutely. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You're very welcome. Thank you. You too. Thank you.